0: March has arrived, and we're only weeks away from the NCAA basketball tournament. Head to betonline.ag and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000, and March 15th, you don't need to be a college basketball junkie to take part. With multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. Whatever your passion is, betonline.ag is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner betonline.ag to take advantage of a 50% sign-up bonus. Just sign up for a free account and make sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. All one word, BLUEWIRE. That's right, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts.
1: and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are
0: you? Feeling very cardy right now, Josh. Yes, it's true. It's active. <laughs> the
1: wild card is here, and the wild card is here. And Brandon, normally we do a little, uh, uh, you know, we we chat, we make some jokes, but no, Brandon, this time around. It's all about your wild card. That's the theme of this episode. Brandon's wild card. I want that to be the name of the episode, Brandon. I want to lean into this wild card. I want to hit it from every angle. I want to work with you, Jerry Maguire style, to make this wild card the best wild card it can
0: be. Okay? Does that make me Cuba Gooding Jr. in this example? I think it
1: does. Yeah, as a Rod Taylor or something like that. I can't remember <laughs> what his what his name was. Uh, so Brandon gaming 28 though, just very quickly, you know, we got a lot going on. We're, we're heading to the UK in like, like, like less than 72 hours. You know, this, uh, this gaming 28 is not a game like I want to spend a lot of time and energy on, uh, FPL backheel says, at what point this weekend did you start questioning the very nature of reality? <laughs> Oh, I remember it well, Brandon. I remember yeah. the moment. Uh, it happened before the Game Week 28 kicked off. It was uh, around twelve fifteen uh <laughs> Eastern time when God. the leak came out. The Jimmy Vardy may or may not be starting. And there went my lunch break, Brandon.
0: Yeah. I, I know a lot of our listeners out there aren't on social media or aren't engaged the same way we are with FPL on social media. But when the Vardy news broke, it was like, a tiny town uh, thrown into total chaos. And <laughs> in every corner of the FPL online universe, people were having their own level of freak out. Some people sort of went into like firefighting mode of like offering tons of solutions. Other people were just kind of screaming into the void. <laughs> it was bananas. People had, people had burned points to bring him in before. I mean, is a guy who
1: never, who, I mean, I guess he's had a couple of issues just this very year, but, going into the season, Jamie Vardy was one of the, one of the real healthy players, you know, the kind of guy who is just, you just, you do not, I do not in my head think of him as injury prone at all. Um, I don't know about you. I mean, right. He's like, he's like fit. He's always fit, right. Like the guy is 34 and he still runs nonstop. He's kind of
0: that, that uh, quintessential hard man in, Mm -hmm. uh, in that, even if he were fit, I mean, he, this is the guy who wore a cast for half the season in which Lester won the title. And, if I remember correctly, he just kept the cast on as a good good luck charm after yeah. his arm had healed.
1: So it breaks that he may or may not play. There's all this talk that we may or may not have a like double game week in game week 29. And we're supposed to find this out on Friday. And so it's like we're waiting for possible double game week news to come through. We're waiting for news on Jimmy Vardy to be confirmed. In my case, I have Anthony Marcial. I don't know if he's – I don't know what's going on with him. So it's like I'm juggling all of these issues. And uh, yeah, it was just – it was a really – and then, you know, so then – Ultimately, Game B twenty does kick off. The rumors are confirmed, and going into that match, I was like, I had like, you know, I had a bunch of players. <laughs> I had players in Norwich. I, had, I, you know, I, I had Cantwell. I had. I, I ended up transferring in um, a Jose Perez. I had Soniochu. and I was like, the only thing that I would not want to see today is one nil Norwich. You know, that's like the only that is the only score line that would really kind of screw me, and. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I assume you kind of felt the same, right? I mean, going to this weekend and Friday's match.
0: Yeah, definitely. I took a punt on Harvey Barnes. You know, we were all just thinking that this Norwich fixture was going to be Lester's opportunity to get back into the goals, get their attacking boots back on. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, they've been losing ground the last month to everyone else that's trying to jump into the top four. And yeah, uh, yeah what can you say what can you say (laughs)
1: For me,
0: yeah go ahead for me my feeling going into the game week though was like how how far down can it go like is it is this pit bottomless it was reminded of the uh the narrator and the big lebowski like Uh during the the psychedelic turn halfway through the movie where sam elliott says darkness washed over the dude darker than a black steers took us on a moonless prairie night there was no bottom and i will tell you sir after the game week 28 scores came in i found the bottom <laughs> on 26 points i i discovered where the bottom was and that's when i triggered the wild card
1: wow okay so the wild that was that's an amazing bring back there brand so the wild card is active yeah, not a high scoring game week, right? You ended up on twenty six points. Um, I ended up on forty, which feels pretty pretty good, I, I suppose. In the end, um, I uh, so that's why I, I'm doing fine. You know, I'm not doing great. I'm doing fine, and uh, so there's no need to talk about me, Brandon. I'm I'm boring. I'm just I'm just mosing along through this season. But you, there's a real narrative here, Brandon. This is the comeback. Okay, game yeah. week twenty nine. There are there are ten weeks left in the season. Okay. It's a little Mm -hmm. more than 25% of the Premier League season left to go. You've got a wild card. You're back, you know, 50, 60 points in some of your mini leagues. It can be made up, okay? Mm -hmm. So the wild card is, is, you know, even if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter, right? Because the point is fantasy is supposed to be fun, and... You could wait until gaming 35 to play it or whatever, you know, and like, well, like whatever the optimal strategy is, um, and you could suffer through five or six more weeks of, of not having a lot of fun, but why not just swing for it you know it's like it's like the ford versus ferrari analogy last weekend you know it's like let your car explode or yeah. or not you know it's like or, or maybe you'll maybe you'll win you know maybe you'll yeah. shoot past everybody I,
0: I i i have to be honest i've been thinking about that ford versus ferrari analogy all week and it wasn't like either your car is or isn't going to explode for me the lesson of that analogy is you have to first be willing to let the car explode it's more right. the willing and right yeah, that's that's what we'll have to get into as we talk about my wild card. Is am I building a car that can actually go as fast as is required, or am I just building a car that's you know not fit for the racetrack? But that's
1: fine. I mean, maybe you're a little crooked. You know, maybe your uh, your elevation's too high. You know, maybe there's a. Uh... You know, there's some issues with your gasket. I mean, I think that – let's see what you can get away with, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, I like this idea. Uh, all right. So uh, just a quick reminder. Uh, I want to get right into it uh, right off the bat here. So uh, just uh, before we get into it, uh, the U.K. trip kicks off. We leave Wednesday night Uh I think is it. I think we can now officially announce because there's a car picking us up. So I think we can announce that we are going to be on the uh, the FPL TV show on Thursday. Uh, yep. So really excited about that. So if you, uh, I know many people who listen to this podcast, also watch that. Um, it's available. Well, it's available in different places, different countries, but I, at the very least, I know that you can watch it on YouTube. Kind of anywhere you are. Um, so we're we're recording that on Thursday and. Um, Really excited to be, to be a part of that and, uh, go to Stokely park, maybe, maybe, Mm I don't know, Brad. Maybe we can var a game. I don't know. Will you, I think we should at least, you know, see if that's an option. <laughs> sure. You never know. And is it Stockley Park, Stockley, whatever it is? Stockley, uh, yeah. yeah, Stockley. Uh, and then Friday night, uh, we've got our our meetup in London at uh, Coin Laundry. That's seventy Exmouth Market. Once again, we hope to see a lot of people that we've talked to over the years, but we also hope to see people that we've never actually talked to before. I know, as you mentioned before, not everyone's on social media. There are people who just listen to this podcast, and that is their one kind of connection point with fantasy, and you know at all. Um, And if you are a listener and you live in London, then uh, swing by. And I think you'll probably meet like a lot of the people that you meet. I hope there are men and women there. There were at the last meetup. so uh, Well, I can
0: can tell you, Josh, I actually heard from one of our listeners who said they would be at Coin Laundry and they were excited to visit because that's where they met their fiancé Wow. So if okay. if you're not go. interested in meeting other FPL managers, you just right. want to meet a life partner. Wow. Then there is a whole other reason for you to come on down for the always cheating meetup. It's like Rihanna said, Brandon, you find love in a hopeless
1: place. Uh, that's great. <laughs> All right. So then uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we're going to matches. We'll be at the Arsenal West Ham match. Uh, that will be at Manchester United, Manchester City on Sunday, which I think will be a pretty good game because both teams are actually in quite – like decent form at the moment uh i thought man united actually played pretty well today despite that match being a a 1-1 draw um and uh and then monday uh you and i are going to Leicester uh for the Leicester Aston villa match and uh and then heading back on tuesday so we are also going to try to record some content we're going to try to do some patreon specific stuff we're also going to plan to do at least some kind of check-in, given that we'll be gone uh, during our normal recording window. We are going to try to record something uh, while we're there. I don't know if it'll be the most cogent uh, fantasy bus. I'm not even sure if we'll be sober when we record it, but we will record something while we're there. And uh, We will have
0: pints of bitter and cider and lager coursing through our veins the entire time, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, And uh, Brandon,
1: just before we go on to the main topic
0: this week, uh,
1: which is your wild card— can you list uh, the top ten, please, of the always cheating
0: super league? It would be my pleasure, Joshua. From 10 to 10th to first place, starting in 10th, we've got Lucas Matthew, then in ninth. Andreas Tongstrom in eighth place, Rees Moffat, then James Stevens, followed by Sean B. Hugh Patrick Campbell in fifth, followed by Hakan Jensen Lawrence. Down to third is Predrag Juric up to second place to and holding it down in first place Damian Bird. I think that's uh, a new entry into the Super League. That's great. Uh, that's awesome. Well done Damian. Yeah, thank you for uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining the Super League. You can still join that league
1: and get the league code uh, on our social media pages or you can just get it uh, from alwayscheating.com. Uh, Patreon thank yous. Two new patrons this week. Thank you to two new Lord Sirloff patrons, Carrie Swanson and Matthew Oliver. Special shout out to Carrie because uh, Carrie really enjoyed uh, Brandon making fun of me for being a gin and tonic drinker at the end of last week's podcast. And uh, that, uh, that little bit there, uh, it was a show of solidarity, uh, for fellow gin and tonic drinkers that you, uh, became Patreon supporters. So thank you to, to Carrie and Matthew for supporting the pod. If you'd like to support the pod and get access to some of our exclusive content, uh, weekly podcast, Slack chat, we'll be popping into the Slack over in the UK. We'll also be posting some stuff over there as well. Uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating to do that. Brendan, let's take a quick break and we'll get right back into the pod. All right. Okay, we're back. Uh, as I noted before, uh, the theme of this week's podcast is Brandon's wild card. I hope this this discussion though will be useful for anyone who is looking at transfers for this game week. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit. It's actually a tricky week for transfers. Uh, there's a midweek uh, FA Cup matches, some possible. Uh, uh, double game week announcements that come th- can come through as well. And so it's a good week to wait until the end of the week to to play your transfers anyway. So hopefully this discussion will be useful for anyone, wild carding or not. Um, and so we've got some general questions. A few questions that from listeners about just defenders, midfielders, forwards. I think these are all questions that are useful for anybody, uh, but that I think they're particularly useful if you're on a wild card. So Brendan, I'm just going to ask you these questions, and we can
0: sort of yeah, sure. talk them through a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it just quickly to that point Josh of how a wild card can be relevant to people who aren't wild carding. I think it's a pretty good exercise in just who's hot and who's not. Mm-hmm. If you're on a wild card, it's your opportunity to fill out an entire squad with recent form players as well as players that you know you're going to need to call upon in the long term, like in the home stretch. So I think it is gonna hopefully be really informative of just the state of play in FPL right now as I as I look to draft certain players in.
1: Yeah, I think uh I I hope I hope that it is. Uh so let's uh let's go let's get things started though, Brandon, with a question from Boston Prof. He says, Brandon, what does your current wild card squad look like? So Brandon, you want to just quickly do a little elevator, 30 seconds. What who was your Maybe just give me you your starting, your, yeah, you starting eleven, and then your bench for your wild card going into
0: going into the game week twenty nine. Okay, so there are a few holes in my wild card just because of player value. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm you know, some players I brought in like Danny Ings, who I have value built up, and right. I can afford the player who I want to replace him with, but I don't want to just cast his value aside rashly until. I know that's the exact decision I want to make. So I'll try and flag those players as they go. But okay. quickly, in goal, I have Burned Leno from Arsenal. The back three, Trent Alexander, Arnold, Matt Daugherty, and uh, Egan. What is his name? John Egan. Egan, who, sure. Who, who could yeah. ever remember a name like <laughs> John Egan? Mosal in the midfield, Kevin De Bruyne. Those guys uh, carry over for my old team. Uh, Sar just hot off the heels of a sensational performance against liverpool this is a little bit of a cash grab like there's no way sars value doesn't go up does it go up twice during this week probably not but chance of um, it for sure yeah I, i i certainly do like the look of watford's fixtures in the near term So he seems like one of those gasket type players, I guess, where you could bring him in and hope he could be a supercharged differential. Harvey Barnes, Harvey Barnes is, is one of those players who will almost definitely be out of this wild card. I'm just um, kind of waiting to figure out uh, how he shifts out. Aubameyang up front with Danny Ings and Diogo Jota on the bench. It's Nick Pope, Soyunju, Lascellas, and Cantwell. So the trick here that I, I I need to figure out is I think Bruno Fernandez has to come into the midfield. How does that happen? The second issue I, I'm looking at is I would preferably have Jimenez instead of Jota, but Jota's price point is just so good. And I think that psychologically I've been so fixated on I want Jimenez, Jimenez is the guy. And while I still think Jimenez is too central to Wolves to ignore mm-hmm. I've lost sight of the fact that Jota is playing he's getting incredible minutes and he's delivering every time yeah. he's on the pitch so I, I can't overlook him as a, a very viable alternative to Jimenez so there yeah. is so I think it's just how do I get Bruno Fernandez into the midfield
1: yeah, I think uh if I were wildcarding right now, I think that um Jota would would it'd be he'd be hard to resist. I mean the price point is just such a big factor, right? I mean, I assume if you if you wildcarded a couple of days ago, I think he rose again today. So you probably got him at 6.3 million or something like that. I mean, 6.3 yeah. million for I mean, this is, you know, Jota is one of these players. He's he's one of the one of the real form players in the Premier League where, you know, he when he's in form, he is incredible, you know. And it's these little these little bursts of form that that don't last super long. At least they haven't. He had a great season as season in the championship before they got promoted. Last year he was he was pretty good. I mean he had nine goals and eight assists. Uh, really not not a bad return all things considered. I mean at nine point nine goals and eight assists for a, you know, for a player who started off at six point five million. I mean that's not uh that's That's actually quite good. I mean, you know, really. Uh, But uh, I think the expectations for him were super high going into the season. And so I think maybe he's thought of as like a slightly frustrating player. And, um, you know, I I was somebody who had him at the beginning of this season as well, um, where he started off 2-2-2, 1-2 were his returns. And so it's kind of hard to shake that off.
0: And if you remember it mirrors last season where Johto had a great reputation coming out of the championship And he was just silent for the first half of the season. And he came on strong when the team really clicked in the second half of the season. So it's like we've seen this pattern before and it bodes well for Jota going forward. It's such a funny thing because he's been so
1: good the last two game weeks and then he's been good in the Herbal League too. And you're like, oh yeah, well, it's great that he's finally back. And you're like, nope, he was there the whole time he was playing, he played, he's played more or less the entire season. Uh, it's just that it it took, you know, 27
0: weeks for it to finally like kick in for him. So I will make one more note about, uh, the plans that I made just first hashing my wild card is Danny Ings. And he's somebody that you will, I think want to talk about a little bit too, but I actually am thinking of bringing in Dominic Calvert-Lewin for Danny Yings. It's a little bit of a uh, price savings, but to Calvert-Lewin's form is just really undeniable. And more than his form, the eye test uh, does not deceive. I mean, I know his XG was quite, quite low despite him scoring on that De Gea howler. And Everton, you know, there is an ebb and flow with their attack, but he, when you look at DCL, you can see how he has grown into his body and how he has grown into the Premier League stature. Yeah. He is an exceptional striker right now. And I just want to lay that marker down.
1: So the one question I actually have, I'm not sure why this is the thing that stood out for me, uh, but uh, Pope. Would you give some thought, given given that you're wild well carding now, that you won't you know that you want to bench boost at some point down the line? Would you give any thought to um, having a keeper who has a double game week, or is he more of a game week thirty one cover situation? Or is so it just, this it, is just that he's so good right now.
0: This is the galaxy brain sort of. Um, well, it's kind of like the reverse galaxy brain. This is the beautiful mind situation where. I still am not settled on what my Game Week 31 strategy is. So I don't, right now where I think I am with Game Week 31, and I have to think about this on the wild card, because as you say, Josh, you have to be mindful of Well, are you going to build a team for 31 or are you going to build a team looking past 31 for the doubles? Nick Pope exists in some liminal space. I mean, he (laughs) exists for 31, Mm -hmm. but I right now where I am is I'm just going to build the team I want now. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I think I'm just disregarding game week 31 altogether. I don't even know if I'm going to free hit there. Maybe I'll just play what I have and then. Nick Pope is kind of my concession to that, and then yeah. at four eight, you can move Pope out for McCarthy, who will likely have a double, mm-hmm. um, or another keeper who would have a double. Pepe Reina will have a double, so I'm looking at Pope, Sar. Uh, those are the two players that I might not have if not for game week 31. Yeah,
1: I uh, you know I guess the thing is we'll 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 have these FA Cup matches this week, and so. Um, there's almost no point in worrying too much about it right now because after Tuesday and Wednesday, just for people who don't follow this stuff super closely, you know, the situation is this: uh, the teams that win in the the teams that win their FA Cup matches at midweek will not have a fixture in game week 31 um, because that is when the FA Cup quarterfinals will be played. So all the teams that win, um, and any, and then of course any team that they were expected to play that weekend uh will have an open game week in game week 31 that'll have to get replayed somewhere down the line and so it's you know we don't really know i mean there's i think the the key match really is and the one that i think is is most worth watching uh is the uh chelsea liverpool match which is i can't remember if it's tuesday or wednesday
0: tuesday
1: uh, it's tuesday so yeah. interesting match there had been some talk that um that uh actually there's a question here uh from somebody that i'll just i'll just work in here uh uh, benno said liverpool have looked poor since the winter break is there something wider going on or will normal service be resumed shortly so liverpool you know finally finally lose a match uh a frustrating match for fantasy managers uh for sure i mean i guess unless you had
0: sar in your team um where did these people come from by the way it's, it, yeah it was just it, a flood a flood of people who had some <laughs> have sar it, it blew my mind i was i was a little surprised too like
1: i mean he's he hasn't played like since I don't even know, like January, I, I was like, yeah, I don't know how his, I mean, did, did, you know, to be fair, his ownership is 1% <laughs> and it's probably at 1% now after
0: yesterday's match. It's probably
1: somehow half. Somehow it's yeah. all
0: people. I know
1: <laughs> there were a lot of people that we know, like in our mini leagues seem to have SAR somehow. Um, so yeah, so they, they have this one nail or this three nail loss and they're really never in it. It's kind of a shocking loss. Um, and so I think because of that loss, I find it very hard to believe that Liverpool are going to go into this Tuesday match away to Chelsea mm-hmm. and just lay down and just play their, you know, eighteen-year-olds. I mean, when you when you lose, you know, kind of the one thing that would really would have defined your, the season for you, right? The first team since the Invincibles, you know, the Arsenal squad to to be undefeated. I I just don't think you go out there and just kind of throw another match away. I think that they will come out with a pretty
0: strong squad uh, on Tuesday. Uh, do you do you agree with that? I do. I mean, if you were to say what's more memorable than being invincible, well, winning a treble is certainly memorable. So mm-hmm. that's still on for them with the FA Cup, the Champions League, and the Premier League title. Charity Shield, yeah, it's quadruple. It's just <laughs> could be could still be a huge season for them. Yeah, I I I wonder if. Klopp, Klopp still has reason to believe, you know, you still look at Chelsea's form, Chelsea are in not great form right now, they don't have a fully fit squad, and Klopp has every reason to still have a lot of faith in a lot of those youth players that he has been playing, so I agree with you, but I do wonder if it's going to be a mixture of the two, not that that makes total sense, where I think you still need some squad and yeah. cohesion, but uh I I wonder if some key one or two key players for the for uh, like between Salmani and Firmino and the like will be rested.
1: Yeah, I mean one or two. I, I you probably are right there, but um I think I think it's gonna be a pretty strong I mean, yeah, maybe like uh Origi starts, you know, uh mm-hmm. and, and a couple of I don't think we're seeing full on like seventeen year olds though. I no Harvey Elliott. I just don't think this th- I mean, traditionally we don't see that very often this late in the game. If they were playing, you know, uh I don't know, some you know, fourth division team that was kind of that kind of lucked their way into the mm-hmm. round of sixteen, you know, which happens every year. Um, you know, maybe maybe then you do it. But I think I think away to Chelsea, I just think I don't know. I, I just I find it hard to believe that um that they would they would feel a really weak squad, but um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, but I think you know what happens there really affects Gaming 31 because if Liverpool lose that match, then they would they would not blank in Game Week 31. And we would there'd be a lot stronger reason to not do a free hit chip that weekend because you'd already have kind of the three players you'd want. And it wouldn't be that hard to get to a place where you'd get like seven or eight for 31. And and if it's kind of – if they're on a bunch of teams anyway and the the total kind of band of points, you know, is kind of like this game week where it's between 25 and 40, it may not be worth burning a chip, you know, to, uh, to have the best possible score because the best possible score might be like, you know – 57 points or something like that um you know so uh yeah so i i I kind of ran with that you know i, I do not know what your original point was but um i think it's worth keeping that in mind you know when you're wild carding is you do want to pay close attention to these fa cup matches because um it's gonna have a big effect on the players you want you know long term
0: yeah and it certainly bears mentioning on the squad that i just ran through because i do expect my wild card to change a fair amount based on those results because be even looking beyond thirty-one, it's going to impact which teams will probably double later on in the season. Yep. Uh, so that's I mean, going to be great. Another, I'm going to be yeah.
1: sleeping on the plane, and you're going to like. I'm gonna have my little my little sleeping you know mask on, and uh, you're just going to be you know hammering away on that laptop, just yeah, just checking you know expected goals and uh, you know those goals eminence charts, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. Uh, one other question in the general cues category, as uh, Keith James has, is Triple
0: Wolves a must? Uh, you have how many wolves in your current wildcard team? Is it just one? No, two. I have two. two. With Matt right. Matt Darty. Doherty is just in insane form. Totally, he has been. We felt like he was priced out of the game at the start of the season when they put him up at six point five, and you know he he had this in, since. Actually, no, they priced him at six. Mm-hmm. Still, we thought six was too too high. And Wolves were, you know, slow to start at the at the beginning of the season, and Darty was actually kind of struggling for minutes there for a while. But now f- smash cut, game week twenty-eight, Darty's coming off of a great performance in the Europa League, and he's now back to his old self. He's scoring, he's assisting, he's clean sheeting. Yep. You have to have him in your wild card. I cannot totally. stress this.
1: Averaging 8.5 points over his last four matches. Uh, I think he's got two, two clean sheets, one goal, two assists, uh, three bonus points. So, yeah, getting, getting points every way that you can. And actually, he could have had even more today.
0: Yeah. So here is where – here is the you're trailing and you need to make up ground. Yeah, I had Will Bali at 4.7. And you think that's a decent Wolves defensive coverage pick and you wanna have someone for thirty one, I'm not I'm not gaining ground in my mini league with Bali. You know, miracle corner kicks might happen. Doherty yeah. is the type of player that you need for something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm, I'm kinda of with you there. Um I, I if I were wild carding I would one hundred percent have him as well. I mean, you know, Despite his form, that you know his price is such a such a killer, but then you look at who they're playing, and it's you know Brighton at home, Bournemouth at home, West Ham away, Aston Villa away, and the next four. Those are not in order. I don't know why I read them off that way. Uh, But that you know two 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 great home matches, two great away matches, um, just an incredible opportunity um, for him to 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 you know to get clean sheets and assists and so you know at 6.2 million you, you cannot think of him like a typical defender you have to think of him as kind of in the trent alexander he's not really like trent in any way but like just in that like in terms of fpl assets like he's you don't get them for the clean sheets necessarily you get them for the total the total fantasy asset i don't know you know I, yeah. i'm not making a very smart point but you get what i'm saying like you, 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 he, he can score he can assist he can get you a clean sheet it's a lot of different things yeah. it's probably worth six million
0: there have been drafts of my wild card where Moutinho has come into my midfield, but he does feel like a pick that is too clever. Like I do rate yeah. him. And I think I mentioned him a couple episodes ago, but he he'll get you minutes. He's a great player. He'll get the, the odd assist and he's a top performer for wolves as a whole, but he's not the type of player that's going to be, You know, there's not enough action there. So he has to go. I'm happy with just two wolves. And, you know, that kind of folds into the game week 31 discussion of I'm trying not to. I don't want to come into game week 29 with a wild card that's built for game week 31. Yeah, that's it's just there are not enough good teams that are nailed on to play in 31. You know, Liverpool accepting we don't know. And that that's the type of mid range planning that tends to blow up in your face.
1: Yeah. I I think, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I you know, I was talking to somebody about this over the weekend, but I think there's just too many of us are falling into that long-term. I mean, I know you're talking about like the kind of middle term or whatever, but like too many of us are falling to the trap of not looking at the game week in front of us, you know, just like this game week and the next one and the one after that. And, there's, there's become, you know, there's an obsession with long-term planning that I think is really hurting a lot of people, you know, and it's, it's it's kind of, it's like stopping people from making good transfers, really. I mean, it's this long and short of it, you know, and sort of waiting for the perfect transfer, like the perfect time to spring this player on you, the perfect player with the perfect fixture at the perfect price, you know? And I think it's, it's such a, such a trap you can fall into you know and i think i think maybe the, the way to do it and it sounds like you're doing it this so far with your wild card is just to it's just bring in the players you want and then assume yeah. that with good transfers you can solve the double game week problems you can solve the blank game week problems i mean you're still gonna have a bench boost you're still gonna have a, a free hit chip the free hit chip is going to bail you out at some point you know whether it's week 31 whether it's some double week down the line you know it's going to be there for you, you know. And so you don't need to solve every problem with the with your wild card. Especially you know, the reason to play it. Like if you're listening to this podcast and you're on the fence about a wild card, you know, I think that I would I would I mean obviously it's situational, but I would very much lean towards doing it. Um just just because um I don't know. Like if if you're if you're you know if your team is just a mess right now, then like give yourself yeah. 10 weeks. You know, don't give yourself one week down the line where you're gonna make up everything that you've been kind of waiting to make up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't wait until you hit bottom like me. All right. So we covered a lot of this stuff. Uh,
1: We covered, there's a question from Shane about Alonzo and Doherty. I mean, Marcus Alonzo, is he, uh, I have to laugh a little bit. I mean, it's just so funny that he's back again. What do you think about, would would Marcus Alonzo crack your your team at all?
0: Let's see. Marcus Alonzo hadn't played 90 minutes since game week 18. Yeah. In the last two game weeks, he gets two starts and he gets three goals. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Three goals. It is ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah, you he's know, the same price as Doherty, six point um, But yeah, a little no. cheaper actually. Yeah, no. Conceding two goals to Bournemouth, uh, Chelsea's defense is is a complete mess. And if you look at their upcoming fixtures, I don't really see many clean sheets in there. Well. I don't know, villain game week 30, followed by City, which that will uh, be a blank in 31, most certainly. Yeah. West Ham, Watford Palace. I don't know. It's just it's too far afield for me. And maybe that I don't know, maybe. he's <laughs> OK, here's another way to look at it. Sure, Alonzo. I'm not gonna laugh at it like you, Josh. I'm not gonna scoff at our No, listeners. I'm not
1: laughing at it. It's just like it's it's kinda it's just like he's I thought we were done with him, you know? Like I thought the I thought it was over. I mean he yeah. he hadn't scored more than one goal in a season in th- three years, right? This is yeah. it's been four years. The 16-17 the season was the last time he scored, you know, six goals and yeah. then it was zero, one and zero the last three.
0: So what am I gonna do with my wild card? Am I just gonna have a back line that's you know, a billion dollars. Darty, Trent, Alonzo. I can't afford it. And I'm not going to go into every game week hoping and praying that Alonzo, you know, a, yet another masterclass for Marcus Alonzo. Yeah. The odds are high, are far lower than um, than me getting some attacking points from some fruitful midfielders and, and strikers. So I'm trying to save a little bit of money to spend up front
1: yeah i think that's fair um but i mean you know i don't know like maybe it's maybe that bernard fernandez money is money that could be upgraded to alonso i mean they are pretty good fixtures everton aston villa west ham watford palace sheffield united norwich it's it's a pretty good close to the season for them so
0: i don't know uh i mean that's another thing for me to think about thanks you're welcome and uh yeah
1: just while we're talking about chelsea quickly uh is there anyone else? I mean, a, Giroux scares me because I don't think he'll start much longer, right? I mean, we just don't know how long Abraham is up for. I mean, is, if if Giroux is playing long-term, I suppose he's at least someone you'd have to consider, right? I mean, he's only 6.5 million.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good price for Giroux, but I agree. Maybe Batchuai gets a start here or there. And Abraham... He has uh, – a Tammy Abraham has an opportunity to play on the Euros, which makes me think that he will push for some level of fitness in some game time to force uh, Gareth Southgate to uh, to pick him for the team. So I don't know. And then you look at Chelsea's midfield and it's just a grab bag of whatever – Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen week to week? Yeah. So no, I, I don't see anyone else apart from them. I mean, but there's a question
1: from Shiv that says uh, thoughts on Patricio as a keeper for the rest of the season. Now you've gone for for Burn Leto and Arsenal's uh, notoriously uh, airtight defense. Uh, uh, <laughs> what about what, what about what about Patricio instead of instead of Leno? I mean, he's only point one million more.
0: Yeah, I love Patrucio. I love that shout. I think that if you were to do the Wolves triple, I think that's a really great way to go, to go for Darty and uh us, between Jimenez and Jota up front and then Patrucio and goal. Yeah, uh they you will have a keeper for the um the big blank game week 31 and it's solid. I think I'm kind of auguring toward when will I bench boost and can I have two goalkeepers that double at that time? So, you know, if I end up with both Petruccio and Nick Pope, you're not going to bench boost in game week 31. So I feel like it's one or the other between Pope and Petruccio that you're going to pick from.
1: Yeah, it's mm, interesting.
0: Yeah. I wonder if bench boosting is
1: is an overrated thing with goalkeepers anyway. I mean, how often do you really get the – the double clean sheets, you know, like has anyone ever gotten four clean sheets, you know, from having two keepers that you bench boosted and, and they both had doubles, you know, so I don't know. I mean, um, I just I, I think that well, it's funny because Wolves defense has, has been a little up and down over the years, but they they have been and obviously they conceded two today, but um, they have looked a lot better recently. I mean, it's amazing how much of it was bullies mates as he's uh, returned to that team. All right, couple more questions, Brandon. Let's move over to the midfield. Kate McCartan, we have not gotten to this question yet, but Kate McCartan says to Bruno or not to Bruno. What do you think, Bruno? Oh, Bruno, baby, Bruno
0: all day.
1: All right, uh, you finally done it. it. Took you. You were like you did not want
0: to like this this this
1: team or anyone on it, and.
0: He's irresistible, isn't he? Yeah. All it took for me to break toward Bruno Fernandez was a Jordan Pickford uh, howler getting beat at his near post. Um, <laughs> he took that shot is... fast, though.
1: That was like in real time. That was he like he made the decision very quickly. You know, Anthony Martial would have dribbled nine or ten more times. He would have tried to pass it to somebody. Uh, Wrote a he poem. Would have, yeah, he would have tried to dribble into the corner. Um, Bruno Fernandez just like just drilled it, you know. So, well, and yeah.
0: and that that okay. I, joking about Jordan Pickford aside, I agree. It's the way that Bruno plays, and always be mindful of the player who has a smile on their face. He is clearly enjoying his football at Manchester United. He clearly has license to play. How. Ever it is that he feels that he will excel however it is that will bring up the team and i want a piece yeah. of that now that just that that just conjures an image
1: in my head of a midfield of bruno juan mata and sani cazorla and just like all of them are just smiling the whole time it almost feels it's like chilling like it's making my
0: <laughs> my like blood like, run cold you know? it's like
1: the stepford situation. sort of situation.
0: Sm- yeah they're just grinning all over the pitch you know oh that'd be terrifying but yeah, I, I, I agree. Like however you want to uh, tell the story of that goal that Bruno scored against Everton or yeah, yeah. Um, just cause he's gotten a couple of penalty goals awarded. Uh, it's kind of boosted his stats, but you can, the, the eye test tells you everything you need to know about him. And yeah. with, with players like McTominay back in form and, yeah, today they were playing Matic, McTominay, and Fred, and Bruno was just like push up as far as you want, man. Yeah, he there there are no real midfield defensive responsibilities that he needs to cover for, and all these players are coming fit at the right time for Manchester United. I think it's it's going to be. I'm so excited for us to be at Old Trafford for this derby. Yeah. Not that either of us are Manchester fans, but these teams are just. It's right. going to be super fun and
1: i'm actually considering for my transfer this week going from marcial to fernandez uh, just because i mean i i feel like i honestly getting getting eight points the last two game weeks from marcial feels like a miracle it feels undeserved in some ways because he's he's not that great brandon okay i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go ahead and say it uh not that great double digit goals in the season congrats to him uh very nice header uh way to chelsea a very nice goal, actually, in the Watford game as well. But it's so it's so <laughs> hard for him to score goals. It's like – it's it feels like it's never like part of like the run of play. You know, he's, he's not very involved. And so it's like – as a fantasy asset. It's very frustrating because you're sort of like – you know he's not going to have any chances the whole match. You know, it's like he's going to have one or two, and he's a good finisher. And so there's a good chance he actually converts when he has those chances. But that's it. You're going to spend 83 minutes watching him play – and he's going to be peripheral for like 81 and a half of them,
0: you know? He, and he had, yeah, it's a funny thing. He just plays like everyone's, like he knows everyone's watching. He yeah. is, he's just, I don't know, I don't understand. It's he's like the so,
1: opposite of Bruno, right? It's the yeah. opposite of the smiling jackals of the midfield. you know? It's a, yeah, yeah a complete yeah. It's <laughs> jackals. I, I don't know why I said jackals. I was thinking of your <laughs> step for wives thing. Um all right, so yeah, I'm I'm with you, Bruno. I I love him. If I were wild carding, he would one infinity percent. Be my team, even with the tough fixtures. I think I think that's fine. I mean, he was great away to Chelsea too. That's a tough fixture for sure as well. So, um, one last question here it comes from Josh L. That's me, Brandon. I added a question here because I thought we needed it for this section. Uh, yeah. and it's keep bring in or drop Mane and Sala on your wild card. So if I recall, did you only have one Liverpool? I mean, yeah, you had two, right? Did you have Trent and Salah or did you, do you still have Salah and, and Mane?
0: No, I dropped Mane mm-hmm. and Mane. I dropped from my current wildcard iteration because I didn't make any money on that transfer. So sure, if it turns out I'm bringing Mane back in, then, uh, it it's of it's no greater cost to me. Yep. It won't hurt me. Yeah. I only had two Liverpool players in my wildcard, which I guess is slightly worrying, but, I then again, I, I don't, don't know. know. I yeah. see yeah. so many other great options that yeah, I, I'm feeling the diversity of my squad right now. I'm feeling happy about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's really the way to – especially with a lot of emerging players where, you know, one Sadio Mane is – can be turned into a Bruno Fernandez, and then that can turn a really bad defender into Matt Doherty, you know? Yeah. And so is Doherty and – uh and Fernandez better than Mane and whoever, you know, some some four million player you never want to start, you know. Um, yeah. I th- I think it probably is. So I think um that's that's always the the problem with these moves, and why why some people really struggle to make them is like you just you know what you've got with a really great expensive player, but it's you know, and, and that money's gonna get kind of spread around a bunch of other people. And so uh that balance is never is like I, it's like you want the stars, you know, but I think it's, it's often it's better to have a, a more balanced squad. So, um, you yeah. know, I think I would have done the same thing.
0: But choosing between Sala and Mane, I'm still undecided. As I said, Mane went because I had no cash involved there. Salah, I have about 0.8 wrapped up in that transfer. So he's mm. staying for the moment. Yeah. I think it's like, it's so close between the two of them. I don't want to overthink it. Yeah, I think if if you're in my position, if your main goal is to claw back rank and points in your mini leagues, it does push you in the money direction. Just because it's now the the um, percentage owned uh, numbers are are kind of. They're, they're a bit of a differential now with Mane yeah. just under 25% and Salah at 45%. So you're just gambling that there are more games than not where Mane outscores Sala. Could that happen? Absolutely. 100% it could happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, as you as you recall, in, in December of this year, you know, I successfully, uh, when I was kind of making a move, you know, in, my, in terms of my rank, um, it was having... It was having Salah, you know, when, when the numbers were almost completely flipped, right? Where Mane was the player that was almost 50% owned and Salah was around 25%. And that really that was really helpful for a while. So, I mean, I think that, I think there, I think that argument does make sense. Um, but yeah. I also think, um, you know, I, I don't think you need to go completely... I mean, I think, you know, if you have seven or eight players that are under 10% owned or under 15% owned, you know, you don't, your whole team doesn't need to be made of players that are, are you know, <laughs> right. different
0: yeah. And then when you get to that point where you're going for the differentials up to the point where you're like, well, maybe I don't need the best player in the fantasy game. Yeah. Then maybe you're setting yourself up to play yourself. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I do want to be conscious of that. Yeah. Sala, Sala does have more routes to go with penalties. I mean, Milner's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a lot to recommend about solid too. I think it's just, it's, it's a choice that you can try to make the right one, but the, it's, it's up to the gods. It's yeah. It's not up to you.
1: Yeah. I think that, I think it's all, all season. It's been really hard to get a, a bead on the solid versus money conversation. It's like, it's It's just like really come back and forth all year. So, all right, let's move on. A couple last questions here about the forwards. Uh, Jeff Petter, Says uh, thoughts on Danny Ings. We talked about just a little bit already. Uh, Saints fixtures are great, uh, but in a classic form versus fixtures conundrum, is DCL the better option? So, you talked about DCL a little bit already. So, just where are you with Ings? Are You still on your team, but are you? Is it, are you strongly considering dropping him? What's your What were your thoughts right now?
0: Yeah, I'm strongly considering dropping Ings. I I I do wonder if the real Saints are going to. Show themselves the way they did against West Ham, and Saints looked, you know, almost unbeatable a month ago. Yeah, and Ings was in form; their defense looked fantastic. Everything was humming along, and you felt like is some is is everything okay here? Something's not quite right. Southampton aren't actually that good. Yeah, so I don't want to um, overestimate Saints' ability to carry this form uh through the end of the season southampton and teams teams like southampton and newcastle and palace they'll end up on the you know we'll we'll um i will say the beach i'll be the first one to say it the uh the 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 age-old cliche of teams who hit that 40 point threshold they know they're not going to get relegated yeah and then they just take their foot off the gas Is Hassan Hoodle that kind of manager that will let that happen? Well, sometimes it's not up to the manager. And I I just don't know. And Ings, the same thing I was saying about Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who is the alternative to Ings, I think. Ings is also going to be pushing for, like, you know, the one one thing that he's left to achieve in his career. He played for Liverpool. Now can he actually play in a major international tournament with England this summer? Um, Coronavirus, be damned. Yeah. So I think, you know, Ings has every right and interest in, in pushing on. But there's point four to be saved here, Josh. And if I think Calvert Lewin can meet Danny Ings, then I think I'll take that cheaper player whose team in Everton. I think just has a little bit more to offer than Southampton does. Yeah,
1: I, I'm really on the fence about it myself. Uh, Ings apparently has been nursing a little bit of injury. Didn't start this weekend. Has not been in particularly good form either. Uh, what makes it tricky is that they play Newcastle at home and Norwich away in the next two. Those are two fixtures that are about as good as it gets. Um, and I know form versus fixtures. We we talked about this last week. You know, form form does win. But when you already have the player in your team and the fixtures are, are that good, it, it, it's hard to, you know, especially if you're in a position where the way that, what I would do is I would have to burn four to do it. And um, I would have to, what I would do is I'd actually move into a Bomb Yang um, and I would drop Martial for some sub 6 million player. The player I actually, I, I, I would need to like only, I'd need to be 5.7 million or, or under. The player I would actually consider, Brandon, is my boy Ducore who I have mm. never had in fantasy ever okay. he is his fourth year in the Premier League never once had him I thought I just think he's amazing I like I I don't know if he even is a great fantasy player or not but I think he is just I'm so impressed with him I cannot believe it's taken me this long to appreciate how good he is I mean he was so good at Way of man United he was very good in Liverpool match yesterday um what do you think Decore as fantasy
0: asset he's 2.4 percent owned 5.6 million overall. Yeah, we saw flashes of it last season, too, and I think what everybody noticed when Nigel Pearson came in for Watford is he pushed Decore farther up the pitch into a more attacking role. and I think that's where he does excel. It's a little bit, um, you know, he he has that marauding game like somebody like Yaya Torre where he is able to pick the ball up and carry it. He's able to be a bit of a destroyer, but he also has this... Um, the soft touch around the 18 yard box and he has a way to to get in on goal and i like that i i do rate him sar is kind of a wrinkle there and mm-hmm. if sar becomes now that sar is healthy does he become more of a focus and not to diminish what i just said about decoré but just strictly on fpl terms does sar just suck away all of decoré's fpl points mm-hmm
1: i don't know um I, I i still be curious to see what the heat map looks like um from DeCore before sarf came back and after you know and did he move into a more withdrawn role you know um and maybe he was sort of playing a little more advanced when when um i don't know that's not a question i can answer on this on this podcast so let's let's keep going one last question uh, on the forwards Brandon. before we take a quick break uh jeff wa of Schma says is a bombing a trap I seem to recall a rush of buyers last season only for other Arsenal teammates to stop scoring. So Brandon, what do you think about the 11 million perpetually somewhat underrated Aubameyang, Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang?
0: Yeah. I mean, Jeff, I also recall Aubameyang being cold golden boot winner last season. Um, Just yeah, absolutely criminally underrated, but this is, this is why FPL, is so awful is because (laughs) you can have a player like Aubameyang who is so good that plays, unfortunately plays for a team that's a little too mercurial Mm -hmm. like Arsenal and also just can't do it every week. I'm sorry. It's an impossibility unless you're, you know, Sala or Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. So I think by that logic, maybe 11 million is a little too much to pay for Aubameyang, but that is where you know the trap conversation comes from where i am right now is i see an exceptional goal scorer who's in form equaling what he was in last year when he won the golden boot he and he's fantastic and if i'm looking to make up any ground then i'm i'm getting him yeah i'll make it very simple for you brandon
1: he's 20 percent owned he is at his starting price on the season He's got 17 goals on the year, and Arsenal are officially out of the Europa League now after a complete mess of a second leg, and they have a great run of fixtures coming up over the next five matches. I mean, everything is breaking in his favor, and that's why I'm really considering Burning Four uh, to bring him in, because he is just irresistible right now and yeah you know, 20 percent owned i mean it's that's quite low for a player of his of his caliber and with his yeah. track record on the season so i if i were wild
0: carding i would yeah one you know infinity percent have him in my squad for sure i was thinking a little bit about the end of that Olympiacos um tie in the europa league and abomiang had a sitter at the death where he could have actually put it away and arsenal could have carried on the league and he missed it And when he misses it, he's wearing the captain's armband. And you think the and he exhibited quite a lot of remorse and contrition and sorrow after the match for missing that. And, you know, that that could be just putting on a face for the fans and you have to say you're passionate about the club, even if you do want to get a move in the summer or he's not, or he actually is in it and he's invested with Arteta and you're going to see the best of him throughout the rest of the season. Or you're going to see the best of him because he needs a move to a Champions League club. Either way, he's going to step out on that pitch and he's going to be wearing the captain's armband and he's going to be looking to score every time he touches the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he he does care and I actually don't think, I think he's too old to to make a move at this point. I think that he's probably... With Arsenal uh, for the rest of his career, I hope he is anyway. Um, I know, yeah, and I, I think he does play with a lot of passion. I think um, I actually think for all these players, it's it's pretty hard to be that this good, you know, and not be and not be passionate. Like it's very rare that you get the like Anthony Marciels. Yeah, Nick Nick Kyrgios is the player. He's a tennis player who hates tennis, but he's so good at it that he just keeps playing it. You know, it's like to to go through the grind for for so long. It's like you really have to be like you really have to care you know i mean i think the, the, the like the uh, sergio aguero that's why such a miracle know, he's this little guy but he just plays with such an incredible fight you know it's just like he mm-hmm. just cares i mean even today it was just like he was just gutted that he had to come off the pitch you know in this <laughs> you know in this uh you know league cup final I mean, he just he just plays so hard so um all right. On that note, Brett, let's take a break. And uh, I hope this is, has this been helpful uh, for you. Uh, do you feel like you've you've sorted some wildcard
0: thoughts out as we go? I think so. I mean, have I decided I'm going to bring in decoré now? I don't know. It's tempting. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think it's helped for me. I've basically been my wife is traveling right now so it's just been me for the last 48 hours <laughs> in my in my little apartment with my cat talking to myself making wild card transfers so it's just good to talk to another human being about what's going on <laughs> all right good
1: well we have uh, we got an 8 hour flight ahead of us too to talk about that so take a quick break and a uh,
0: short lightning round and then a little uh, game week 29 preview to come Okay, Josh, we are back, and it's time for our patented lightning round, thirty seconds or less. You know the drill. Our first question comes from uh Andrew WK's lighthearted younger brother, Andrew K. His question is on my wild card this week and thinking I should prioritize players from teams who have something to play for. Who are those teams? What do you think, yeah. Josh? Well, it's you know it's, it's pretty interesting actually. I think uh, I mean
1: you mentioned the the on the beach rankings, and what is surprising is how much. I mean, you, if you go like there are very uh, almost everybody has something to play for right now. I mean, there's just a, a very small handful of clubs who have nothing to play for. I mean, Palace, Southampton, presumably Newcastle, right? I mean, they're on 32 points now. Yeah. I can't imagine them going down. So. I mean, Everton have a new manager, and so I think that they're still... I, I can't see them just playing out the stretch, you know? I mean, they certainly fought fought hard today, and I think they want to build momentum for next season. Um, Arsenal, exactly the same situation. Um, Burnley, you know, would in theory be a team that didn't have a lot to play for, but I, it's almost like they're making up for last season or something like that, you know? They're sort of like... Um, I don't know. It's like there's, they're sort of... Um, they just don't give off the vibe of a team that has nothing to play for, you know. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure what I even mean by that, but it's just like they're they're not they're they're really they're putting in some really competitive performances right now. The only issue with them is they have like no forwards right now. Yeah. Uh, and then I think above them at the table you've got Sheffield United, Spurs, Wolves, Manchester. You know, all of them uh, playing for the Champions League still. I mean, Sheffield United's still kind of hanging on, certainly in the running for a Europa League spot and then at the bottom of the table i think it's it's really you've got a you know i'd say a six way race for to avoid relegation uh with brighton west ham watford bournemouth villa norwich i mean if any combination of those three went down it wouldn't shock me i mean even norwich i think can at least score goals to a degree where you're like well maybe they could stay up you know like mm-hmm. maybe they could fluke a couple of of wins i mean i actually kind of noted this last week where i was like norwich win another one and they're only what you know they're three points off you know safety so it's uh
0: you know it's not out of the running for them yeah that is kind of crazy one win and they're three points off when we had just written them off months ago it's true yeah so the point would be they all have something to play for even liverpool Um, just because they love winning. Not that you needed us to tell you to get Liverpool players into your wildcard squad, but it goes back to just the, uh, the point we, we made earlier, get players that just players that, that look good. All right. That'll bring us to our uh, second and last lightning round question here, Josh. It comes from our friend, Chancellor Dan, what is the food slash drink you didn't try on your first UK trip? And uh, the one you'd like to sample this time around, so for the the exotic foods of the UK that we missed when we were there, you know, eighteen <laughs> months ago, that we're going to get this time, is it finally time for our cheeky Nando's? John? We
1: have not done Nando's yet. That's a good point. Uh, we almost did, and then I, it was like surprisingly uh, expensive and fancy. I I thought it would be like a little stall or something, but it's like a whole thing. You know, it's like a are there waiters I don't know it seemed large I was expecting something much I thought it was be like, more like you know McDonald's or something um yeah I think the the one thing that we're doing this time is we actually made a reservation uh which is a big change for us uh, Lee from FPL family actually recommended a steakhouse for us and so that's like the one we have, we have one actual recommendation uh for uh for a restaurant or one, one actual reservation which uh, I think last time we were there we were kind of just flailing around trying to find yeah uh, places. Uh, so yeah, I think it's, uh, um, other than that, we're just going to kind of wing it. I think, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do most of the time. Just walk around. Yeah. We will
0: wing it. Uh, The one thing I feel like I do want to do is to get a proper English curry. So if anyone has a recommendation for their favorite curry, that's sort of central London located, or maybe, uh, around, um, any of the stadiums that we're going to let us know. Yeah, that sounds good. And I don't think we'll be able to – because we're going to the
1: Manchester Derby, which starts at 5.30, and we're taking a train back in that evening. So I, I think that a Sunday roast is out of the question. But that is one thing that I would have – I would have enjoyed doing that if we had a chance to do that. I know that's kind of a, a great tradition in England. It's not a thing at all in the U.S. It is not That is a tradition that is not – as far as I know, never made its way – uh, over to the u.s so no, instead
0: roast. of sunday roast we just have nachos so yeah, you know, that's just that's what's going average. on over here in yeah, america that's what right. you needed to know <laughs> uh, all right so
1: uh game week 29 uh kicks off on saturday it's a saturday sunday and monday matches the early match is that liverpool bournemouth match it may be worth holding your transfers late uh because we could see a little bit of rotation there um i think that is definitely a possibility um especially with the uh, depending what kind of team they roll out on uh midweek um from there you've got arsenal west ham which you're not going to be there. it's it's a cool to preview some matches brandon we're actually going to be there for them yeah uh but a nice meaty uh run of sun it feels like we have it's been a while since we've had just a like a lot of matches on a saturday all kind of in Mm -hmm. that same you know that same block of time yeah
0: yeah, and because we're going to be in the UK, the what is usually a 7.30 a.m. kickoff, meaning a 6.30 a.m. deadline, meaning a early deadline that I sleep through, <laughs> yeah. I will actually be able to, on my wild card, maybe make some last-minute audible calls if there are late-breaking um, news items about the Liverpool starting lineup. So that's cool. Yeah, there's a lot to love about these fixtures. I mean, the, the one that I think would be a fantastic, just straight up pure watch would be Crystal Palace, Watford. I think that those teams... Um, I will be curious to see if Watford can kick on from their, their um, Liverpool victory. That was probably the most annoying result from game week 28 was, you know, I burned four to make sure I had a starting goalkeeper, mm-hmm. and I brought in Matt Ryan, only for against the run of play, my clean sheet to be done in by the two biggest joke players in FPL, Benteke and Ayu. So <laughs> that was cool. That was, that was really awesome. such a nice play from Benteke in past. It was, it was really remarkable. It was, uh, yeah, that game had nil-nil uh, written all over it. But well, I'll tell you what yeah. we saw from Benteke that match. He should spend 100% of his time passing and 0% of his time shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. he's so that poor will. it's it's great I
1: mean I guess i I have to give him credit because he, he created the only goal in a one nil win, but he is um yeah it's he's not great um yeah, and then uh yeah with Burnley Spurs, which is a late match on Saturday it's kind of a fun match um I think uh just because um I mean Spurs what a weird yeah. team i what do you even say I mean wolves were so clearly the better team in that game. You know, especially yeah. in the second half, it was, uh, oh, what a beautiful, that third, uh, I'm sure you were, in, you know, it was not fun because you didn't have any, either of these two forwards uh, at the time, but that, that, that run from Jota that set up him and as for the goal was just yeah. beautiful. I mean, it was such a beautiful play. I mean, they're just such a fun team to watch when they're, when they're in form. I really do like watching Wolves when they're, when they're playing well.
0: Yeah, the Spurs clearly have the Jose Mourinho poison coursing through their veins right now. And <laughs> um, my heart goes out to Spurs fans everywhere. Like, they're going to have to cut this manager out over the summer, you know, Yeah. no matter what it takes. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not going to happen, bud. He's going to be there for like three
1: years, I bet. Uh, and then, uh, Sunday, we, I don't know why I called you bud. I never call you bud, but that just, it felt right in that moment. Uh, then Sunday we've got, uh, Chelsea Everton. Uh, I don't know. No, thanks. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really care about that match. Uh, and then the, uh, I mean, I don't know I mean, I guess if you're neutral from a fantasy perspective, I don't have a ton of interest in that match. Um, as a neutral, that could be kind of a fun match, I suppose. Uh, I think you'd have to favor Everton to at least,
0: score uh, maybe a couple of goals in that match um, I don't know who wins it though yeah yeah I think for people who are who have or are scouting dominant Calvert-Lewin you know I I sung his praises earlier I think it'll be his first opportunity a pretty decent opportunity albeit on the road yeah uh you know it's it's Chelsea are a club that they have to take points off of if they want to make a run at the top four so I think they'll have a lot Going yeah. for them and Ancelotti being a former manager at Stamford Bridge, he, you know, even though he'll be now watching from the stands because of his, his idiotic red card, uh, he'll still at least tell them to go out there and win it for Ancelotti. Yeah. And so um, I do like Everton as well. But then, yeah, but then it all is on the uh, Manchester Derby to close out the game week. Well, actually, no, closing out Sunday. Mm-hmm. We'll be at this match. Sounds like we'll both be with Bruno Fernandez, which is really exciting. Chance of it the, for uh, me. Yeah, definitely, definitely a chance. Bruno versus KDB. It be could, be exciting FPL could be fun. Could
1: be fun. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Monday, Lester Aston Villa, which, um, who knows? I mean, that this would have been a pretty exciting match fantasy wise uh, um, a few weeks ago. And now, I, I don't even know what to think. I mean, this Lester team has um, just are they on the beach i mean can you be in the in a champions league spot and be on the beach it kind of feels that way for them it feels <laughs> like there's it's there's they're like kind of just playing out the
0: string right now like hoping they can hold yeah. on to the you know
1: Something,
0: champions league spot something's out of control there something's not right it's hard to really tell maybe brendan got another job offer so he's been you know, <laughs> taking meetings instead of going yeah. to to practice i i am con- so it looks like i may have sayanju in my wild card, but I would still even consider benching him in this match, which, which probably says that I shouldn't even have Saiyanshu in my team. So I really have zero faith in Lester right now. There is that slight yeah. temptation. If you brought in Perez or Barnes um, because of the Vardy injury, then sure, I think you've got to roll with them. You've got to play them against Villa. Oh, sure.
1: I mean, if you're not going to start Soyuncu at home to Villa, then yeah, you should just drop him, because that's a, that's a pretty good fixture, um, for sure. I mean, uh, so I don't know, especially coming off a uh, League Cup loss, too. I mean, you wonder if there might be a little bit of a drag after that. You know, there often is, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, I I will be starting Sonia Chu, um, unless he's injured, I'll be starting Perez as well. I hope he actually starts that match. Uh, you know how it is. I mean, it's always, it's always frustrating when you burn a transfer and that player blanks and, and you're kind of like, can I just have that transfer back? I just give me zero points. Like I would, I would trade your two points for zero points and have another transfer right now.
0: Um, but, uh, you know, whatever it is what it is what about your captain josh are you uh, we have the the same old dilemma as we did last week with the vardy captaincy would you dare put your armband on a player with the first kickoff of the game week Does liverpool hosts bournemouth bournemouth yeah. defense so, you know they are what they are so it looks like a sala or Mane captaincy would be the way to go here Maybe yeah trent
1: I mean, Bournemouth are terrible. They conceded a ton of goals. Liverpool just lost their first league match in, like, what, 10 years or something, you know? It's, I mean, uh, I think they win that match really easily. And Salah played extremely well in the first leg of that match, too. Uh, he had a goal and assist in that match. That was kind of when the Salah revival um, really took off. That was in game week 16. So um yeah uh definitely i saw us on the the bus team captain right now um i you know if i burned four to bring in obama yang it'd be fun to do that you know it might be fun just to just uh just, just to captain him because we'll be at that match and it'd be fun to you know but if i just half him that'd be that'd be exciting enough i think so uh, i don't know i think um i'm I'm leaning towards uh sala um i'd be surprised if it was anybody else but him
0: yeah right now i'm gonna captain obama yang. Uh, oh, nice. So Good. That'll be fun. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: And that is game week 29. Can't wait to see some of these matches in person. And that's the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, go to patreoncom slash always cheating. Be on a supporter and you can say, thanks, get access to our Slack extra podcast a week, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I want to thank our producer patrons as well. Thank you to Trevor Engerson, Mike, DePetra, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T, the big gaffer, and Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne. Jim Payne, I think Nick, Jim Payne had a little bit of a uh, surgery this week. So Jim Payne, get well soon. Brian mm-hmm. Chin, Blair, well, yeah. Blair, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Keane Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor faubourg Paul Hertzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Steen Niehaus, Barry McGuire, Peter bottock Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Andy Martin, Lindsey Rostell, Anton Markoff, FPLMerch.com, and... Last but not least, James Conroy. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast. Thank you to hey, everyone who supports could- the podcast. I like couldn't talk there. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast at any pledge level. We really sincerely appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Hey, and if Patreon isn't your thing, you can always help the Always Cheating Pod by giving us a rating or review wherever you subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever it is. That podcasts are found. Give us a follow on social media at Hell Cheaters on Twitter, Instagram, it's at Hell Cheaters. I think our Instagram is going to be lit up over the next week. Lots True. of pictures of uh, Josh and me coming out of Red uh, London. Phone booths and and all sorts of corny stuff. Sounded <laughs> sounded like so really I know where you'd go with that for a second. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be we, uh, well, we'll be lit up with lots of glowing, loving comments from our listeners. Uh but yeah, hopefully we'll get lots of good snaps of all the grounds that we go to and the meetup on Friday. We'll have to come up with a clever hashtag there, Jeff. That's a good idea. Jeff. Yeah. Josh. <laughs> i don't know why i just called you jeff uh facebook we're uh, at always cheating email us with your lengthy messages tailcheaters at gmail.com and for all this information and more including the always cheating shop visit always josh i will see you at the delta sky lounge buddy See you there. I can't believe my first time ever in a Sky
1: Lounge. I'm really excited about this. Brandon, this is a great a great treat uh, that you and your wife, I guess, because you guys got this card together, are, uh, are are treating us, to. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Great. Bon voyage. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the UK.
1: Yeah, the trip should be fun, too. I don't know. But the Sky Lounge is what I'm <laughs> really most excited about. So, Brandon, yeah, see you in a couple days. Bye.